0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to the latest episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, taking you through the off season. So much to talk about for the Buffalo Bills, albeit the season is over for our team. For me, as you guys will find out, I I really do enjoy talking about free agency, touched based on it with the last podcast when we talked about the Buffalo Bills free agents that they were going to have to make decisions on whether to re-sign, let walk, hit the open market, see what happens there for 2020. But now as we start to look at it, right, we see some needs for this team. It's always fun to talk about the draft, but from my perspective, I, I like to talk about players that might be hit in the open market from other teams and there's a few popular names that we'll talk about on the podcast throughout this offseason. Uh, the name that comes up first on the list, and he is truly a popular name amongst Buffalo Bills fans, and that is A.J. Green. A.J. Green, you guys, you all know him, the wide receiver, super talented from the Cincinnati Bengals. And I bring him up first because there's a, a lot of the beat reporters for the Bills talk about the needs for the teams. A.J. Green is the name that appears at the top of the list. Matt Perino from NewYorkUpstate.com had a recent article where he was talking about, you know, Brandon Bean and prioritizing wide receivers. He has A.J. Green at the top of his list. Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic did an article recently talking about, you know, the Bills' approach to the offseason, including A.J. Green at the top of his list. Even back to last offseason, I remember Sal Capaccio from WGR talking about A.J. Green as a potential trade target for the Bills what that would take to get him into training camp and then taking it a step further. He was that favorite name that popped up for everyone heading into the trade deadline at the end of October. Now, AJ Green did not play any games during the 2019 season, right? Still battling foot injuries, unable to get healthy. Um, Eventually like back, I think it might've been in week 16, the Bengals put him on injured reserve, but there was hopes that he was going to make a comeback for them throughout the season. So here we have a guy that will be 32 years of age when you start the 2020 season, um, has had a very productive career, right? In his career, 111 games played, 602 receptions, almost 9,000 yards, 63 receiving touchdowns. With that said, when you start to look at the injuries, that's where the questions will come about with a player like A.J. Green. Again, zero games played in 2019. His season cut short in 2018 with only nine games played, albeit those nine games, he had 46 receptions for 694 yards and six touchdowns. So, you know, if you want to do the math and stretch that out over a 16 game season, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 1200 yards, 10 touchdowns, probably in the neighborhood of 85 to 90 receptions. So, you know, when he played during 2018, A.J. Green again, an incredibly productive player, but now a couple of things working against him just a little bit. You talk about the age factor, right, with him turning thirty-two, and it, you know, as you start to see with some players after the age of thirty, and of course, the injury history. You know, as you go through these past, let's call it four seasons in twenty sixteen, he was only able to play ten games, albeit again incredibly productive in those ten games, sixty-six receptions. 964 yards receiving, only four touchdowns but you know with that being said, on his way to a monster year in 2016 before it being cut short by injury. 2017 he played in all 16 games. Um, with that being said, I'll refer to it as a little bit of a down year right when you think of over 16 games for him, 75 receiving yard or 75 receptions, 1078 yards receiving, Eight touchdowns, and then again in twenty eighteen, we talked about his numbers there. Nine games, forty six catches for just under seven hundred yards. The interesting thing with this is that that makes it the most appealing for me, right? So, kind of getting to the point, I look at AJ Green as someone that, yes, I would look for the Buffalo Bills to pursue him as a free agent. No doubt about it. That does for me. It does not change. Um, the fact that they should look at the super talented draft class that is going to be there. But the reason why I look at it, right, and kind of along those lines, he is the missing link, call it, for that receiving court. With the 22nd pick in the first round, or if they wait till the second round, you are most likely not getting someone that can come in and contribute at the beginning of the season. Uh, as much as I have an affinity for guys like Isaiah McKenzie and Duke Williams, I do not see them as being that caliber, right? These are guys that can come off the bench, do some good things for you, but not call it a, a starting caliber player. Where A.J. Green can come in, call it partnered with you know somebody coming in that's a, a draft pick, maybe in one of the first three rounds that has some talent and some upside. But you can look at A.J. Green and say, "Okay, is this someone that you can get two good years out of? Can you give him a contract that he deserves at this stage in his career coming off the injuries that works for him and works for the Bills? And I say that in a lot of ways. Right. And you can look to the contract of his former teammate and someone like Tyler Croft, who signed a three year deal with the Buffalo Bills somewhere around $19 million, but really the the guarantees and the overwhelming majority of the guarantees being in that first year. So I went to Track because I think Track is always a good source, one, to just get information on what players' salaries are, what they've had in the past, and, and what their market value might be. And I look at this, I realize it's not a perfect science, right? You get into bidding wars, different things can happen. Um you know, none of that goes without saying, right, from from this standpoint. But, but here is what we look at for someone like A.J. Green. Now, his last contract, right, his last contract was a four-year deal with the Bengals, $60 million, okay? So an average of $15 million per, per year for A.J. Green. And then when you look up at the guarantees, let me pull that up real quick, $32.75 million guaranteed, uh, again, the average of $15 million from that standpoint. So when you take all of these things into consideration, again, averaging $15 million per year over four years, about half of it guaranteed from that standpoint. You know, So when you look at it, right, you think to yourself, okay, well, how are they going to value someone like Green as a free agent coming off the injury, what this looks like? And I go back to the example with Croft because one of the numbers is a little bit similar, I guess you could say, when you, uh, you see the recommendation from Spotrack. Right now, they have him, his current value at two years, just over $18 million, an average salary of just over $9 million per year. Now, you take a look at this, right? And, and here's where I, where I go with it. A proven NFL receiver that can come in that has played at a Pro Bowl level in the past, uh, a speed receiver, uh, again, how, how quick he is at, at age 32 compared to when he came out with the combine. But, you know, you're talking about someone that's six foot four that runs a four or five, albeit some of those concerns. But if you can get him at an average salary of $9 million per year, very similar to what you give John Brown, very similar to what you go Cole Beasley. And I say that, right, because it's not bringing in someone like, say, Amari Cooper who might you know, you might need to pay $17, $18 million per year. The Buffalo Bills aren't going to look to rock the boat of bringing in an uber high-priced free agent that can change any sort of dynamic in the locker room. And, and listen, everything you hear about Amari Cooper uh, from a positive, but I think you understand what I'm saying. When right, you can look at the wide receiver room or any position, if you bring in that, again, uber-talented but uber-expensive free agent sometimes there is a potential where guys in the room it could be like well man why is he getting 16 million dollars a year i'm just as productive as him or this or that or he's not this you know from this standpoint if you're going to bring someone in i like the idea of targeting a free agent that falls in line with a similar type of contract to someone like brown or beasley again you can get the opportunity it's a high upside of course it's a big commitment I was a bit surprised it was at uh, you know an average salary of nine million dollars per year. I thought it might need to be ten or even a little bit higher, but as you look at this and think to yourself, if it's in that ballpark, if your guarantees can all be up front, right? So basically, you're guaranteeing the twenty twenty season, and then after that, depending on how he holds up, maybe minor penalty if it's someone that uh you know if he's just not the player that he used to be. But considering he missed all of twenty nineteen. From my perspective, that's a guy that I can look at and think to myself, okay, this makes sense. Again, six foot four, 4.5 speed. You know, we've already got Cole Beasley, we've got John Brown. You add AJ Green to the mix. That is a player to me that would make perfect sense from where he is in his career, the flexibility that the Buffalo Bills have with the cap. Um, Green has said positive things about the market in Buffalo in the past. Uh, Of course, so much of it ties into just how healthy he is, right? How far away is he from getting back on the practice field? And you don't want to look at someone that is just as, uh, as damaged goods from this standpoint. But A.J. Green would be a game changer for the Bills. And as you look at it, and I realize, right, so many times we're going to come out and say $90 million in cap space, like it's this endless piggy bank. I get it. It's not. It is not an endless piggy bank in any way, shape, or form. There's guys that need to be extended. Um, I'll be curious to see what the Bills do there. More notably, guys that are heading into the last year of their contract. When you talk about Jordan Poyer, you talk about Deion Dawkins and Matt Milano. I don't include Trey White in the discussion just yet because he's coming off his third year. He's coming off an all pro season. You can do the fifth year option, which will take care of him in some ways. And it gives you an additional year to play with before he heads into the last year of his rookie deal. So, you know, with that being said, I get it, right? I don't want to just throw it out there and make it sound like nine or $10 million is not a big deal. But we expect the Bills to do something at the wide receiver position. And I am a firm believer in you, you get what you pay for, right? From that standpoint, there's other guys on the list that you can look at that uh, Matt Perino includes in, in his article, right? And, and many of the, the names that you could look at and say, okay, Amari Cooper, I would be shocked if the Dallas Cowboys let him walk. With that being said, he is going to cost a lot more than A.J. Green will as far as guarantees and what goes with that. And again, I just, from what we've seen with Brandon Bean in the past, I, I would be shocked if they would truly pursue someone with a contract at that level. Um, Brashad Perriman also on the list with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, consider him someone, a candidate, almost like a Devonte Parker, right? Seem as a bit of a draft bust, really wasn't, you know, making the most of the opportunities that he had in Baltimore and Cleveland. Then all of a sudden, you know, with the Bucks, he ends up exploding over the last four weeks of the regular season, filling in for an injured Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So, from that standpoint, I like someone like Brashad Perriman. But again, when you talk about what might be nine or $10 million per year and a contract for a guy that is shined for half a season after being seen as a, a bit of a draft bust, you know, that's not someone I put high up on the list. You know, then others that we see, we know Robbie Anderson's expecting to get somewhere around thirteen million dollars a year. Not impressed with with him. And, you know, that's a conversation for another day. And he also had Larry Fitzgerald on the list, where again at thirty seven years old, I could you know, look, if he's looking to extend his career, um, you know, the right type of attitude and leader and all the pieces that would come with, you know, someone like Fitzgerald, I I don't see him leaving Arizona at this point. And not that the Bills are not a contender um, for the playoffs or, you know, even potentially for a Super Bowl in 2020, but that might be more of a guy that if he is looking to, you know, to chase a ring at age 37 before he gets out of the league, I don't know if this would be the first choice that he would look to uh, where he would look to play. So, you know, again, when you look at some of those names, I understand why people keep coming back to AJ Green and I keep coming back to AJ Green because of the talent that he has displayed in the past. Uh, Again, in some ways, the injury could work to your advantage a little bit, might scare some folks off, but also maybe drive that price down. And again, if I'm looking at an average of nine to ten million dollars per year for a receiver. And you can front load those guarantees again. So if things don't work well in 2020 or if he's a step slow or the injuries or whatever it is that you don't have this hole that you're sitting on. And, you know, and I mentioned the contract to Tyler Croft. You could say the same thing about the contract with Cole Beasley and John Brown as well. Um, I would be all in favor of something like that. But listen, we've got plenty of time to talk about free agency this off season. Y'all know it's one of my favorite topics and we'll continue to talk about other guys that are out there, not just at the wide receiver position, but we'll, we'll kind of jump around a little bit. But, you know, from this standpoint, we always enjoy talking to everything. Buffalo bills with you. Um, you know, we always appreciate you tuning in too. So make sure you hit me in the comments section at buffalorumblings.com. And of course, hit that subscribe button. So you get all our great shows. You get Nick and Nolan, the mafia mavens, blitz bills, circling the wagons, Buffalo rumblings, Q and a believe, and of course, every single episode of breaking Buffalo rumblings, but we enjoy the feedback that we get from you guys. We're going to continue with great content all throughout the off season. So make sure, you know, when you need that fix for Buffalo bills, We're going to be there most every day for you with a new podcast talking everything about the team. So always appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for listening. Look forward to chatting with you again sometime soon. And as always, go Bills.